Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Bleed in the Garden State podcast, presented by Bet Online. Well, hello there, beautiful people. I know, it's been a long time. I missed you. How you been? What are you up to? Okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm going to cut straight to the point. I haven't called. I haven't texted. I haven't wrote. Um, and more importantly, I haven't posted an episode of the Believe in the Garden State podcast in over seven months. I know. But listen, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. 2022, we are finishing this thing with a bang. New content every single week. Here we go. All gas, no breaks. I'm going to make it up to you guys. Here we go. And I think a great way to restart this show is what it was built on, and that's Rutgers Athletics. Second down to October 12th, 2022, I'll tell you where we begin, Rutgers football. Man, do I love you so much, Rutgers football, but man, sometimes do you hurt me so much. Oh man, Woo! 3-0 to start the season. 22-21, come from behind victory at Boston College. 66-7, week two victory against Wagner, who's a team that's, you know, FCS trying to find their way, but 2-0 start. And then Rutgers goes to Temple. Lincoln Financial Field, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Pulls out a 60-minute chop, as Coach Giano likes to say. 16-14 over the Temple Owls. The offense struggled to move the ball up and down the field. Just couldn't do it that day. Gavin Wimsett has looked like a true freshman. He is a true freshman. Evan Simon has kind of looked like a first-year player who hasn't really played much. Third year in the program. But guess what? It is his first year playing. So he's going to have some mistakes. He's going to have some growing pains. But the defense bails us out, scores a touchdown. Rutgers win 16-14. Let's go. Back to Jersey, 3-0. and But this is kind of the point in the season where the offensive struggles were really highlighted. And, and if you look at it from a glass-half-empty point of view, you really don't feel good about this team going into Big Ten play. But who cares? A win's a win. Let's move on to Iowa. 
So sellout crowd, 24-10 loss to an Iowa team the next week that offensively, a lot like Rutgers, did not have an identity, can't move the ball up and down the field, but their defense is awesome, forces two turnovers, scores off those two, turn- two turnovers on defense, difference in the game. Okay, when are we going to see Noah Vedral, Rutgers starting quarterback the last couple of years? Can he get this offense going? It, it's hard when you don't have your starting quarterback. Okay, haven't seen him yet. Don't see him for Ohio State. Still struggle. Evan Simon's playing. He's getting better. He's showing more, but still not enough for Ohio State. Number three team in the country, 49-10. Okay, let's get out of that game, lick our wounds, and get ready for last Friday night, which going into this game, blackout situation, you feel really good about the atmosphere, about the team's mindset, about the opponent. You're playing a Nebraska team that got rid of their coach, Scott Frost, and really has every reason to pack it in the rest of the season. Now, you don't know what they're going to do. You hope they don't pack it in. You hope they come together as a team. And it looks like they did that. Because Rutgers got on them early. 13-0. Offense looked serviceable. Noah Vedral was in. He came back for the first time in a long time. Couldn't play the whole game still because of his injury, but having him out there was a plus. And this offense just couldn't get it done. Rutgers loses 14-13 at home. Blackout situation. Sellout crowd. Barstool Sports is on campus. Like they did this awesome pregame show that I wasn't I wasn't at the game. I was traveling, but it looked awesome. Like what a momentum changer a victory like that could have been. Big missed opportunity for the Scarlet Knights. So then we get to a situation that I don't even know I want to talk about. But we got to talk about it on this show. Greg Schiano does something the next day, or excuse me, not the next day, the Sunday following the Friday night game, that he's never done in his professional coaching career. Not in the NFL, not in his first tenure here at Rutgers. He fires the offensive coordinator, Sean Gleason, six games into the season, two and a half years into his tenure. This is the first ever Rutgers assistant coach to ever have a salary over a million dollars. This is one of the brightest minds in college football just a year and a half ago. This guy was the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State with Mike Gundy in 2019, putting up 32 points a game. This guy was the offensive mastermind of Princeton football when they were winning the Ivy League. Now, was he a little gimmicky and a little too cute at times? Yes, I, I, I think so. But there is no denying Sean Gleason is an awesome football coach. And there are pros and cons to this decision. And I'm sure this wasn't an easy decision. Let's start with the pros, because I'm going to be honest, I don't agree with this decision because I think Sean Gleason's resume certainly warrants finishing the season. Now, one of the pros to making this decision now is you have more time, six games at the minimum, and if Rutgers can get three more victories an extra month, 
to see what you have in Nunzio Campanelli, the former tight ends coach who has now been promoted to quarterback coach and offensive coordinator. Nunzio Campanelli was the interim head coach back in 2019 when uh, Rutgers fired Chris Ash. He was also the offensive coordinator because they also got rid of the offensive coordinator. Nunzio Campanelli is one of the best offensive minds out there. And he's getting his opportunity. I mean, certainly, I don't think he can take too much from the first time he took over because he took over a really bad situation. But Nunzio Campanelli, Bergen Catholic, known for developing quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think he definitely deserves an opportunity. I think he could be a name that you see in a couple of years as a potential big-time offensive coordinator or big-time head coach. So I think that's a pro of this decision. The Campanelli family is awesome. Some of the brightest offensive minds you'll ever see. And honestly, not even just offensively, defensively, special teams, just the whole game. They're geniuses. Anthony Campanelli is the linebacker's coach for the Miami Dolphins, uh, was the linebacker coach at Michigan, was the wide receiver coach at Rutgers, was also a tight ends coach at Rutgers, was also a defensive coach at Rutgers. And then the brother Vito, and I think there's a there's another brother as well, but Vito Campanelli is the head coach of Bergen Catholic. These guys are football geniuses. And Nunzio, we're going to see what he's got. Uh, and I, I think he certainly has the potential to be the guy. So that's a pro. You see what you have in him. And then if Coach Ciano doesn't think he's the answer, he has some time to figure it out as well with people outside the program. So that's a pro. Um Another pro is, was the offense and the structure and the play calls, was that the issue? Greg Schiano says, hey, we have a team that I think can win now. That's why we made this move. He said that on Sunday in his press conference. Okay, we're going to find out. I think it's tough. You haven't had your starting quarterback all season. Are we going to have our starting quarterback the rest of the season? Noah Vedral played last game, but in and out. How healthy is he? It's hard. It's a quarterback-driven sport. It's a, Now it's the ultimate team sport. You can win with different quarterbacks, especially in college, but it's hard, especially with two first-year players. So those are, those are the pros. Um, the cons are, was Sean Gleason, you know, He's got a really good resume. This is a really good football coach. Was he maximizing what we had? And we just don't have the personnel yet? And it doesn't matter who's running the offense? I guess only time will tell. One of the other cons of this is, you're, that's the first million-dollar man in terms of assistant football coaches in the history of the program. So... Yes, you should 100% honor his contract, and Rutgers will do that. But you're paying a guy a million dollars this year to not work half the season and next year to not work for you because he's got one more year left on his deal. So, you know, you can't just be throwing money away like that. <laughs> so that's another con to this. And then additionally to that, you know, this is just, that's hard on the kids. You know, Gavin Wimsat, Sean Gleason was his main recruiter. I know Greg Schiano and the other coaches are involved in that recruiting process. But 
that's really hard for those kids. There's just a lot of uncertainty with that. And now Nunzio and Coach Ciano will certainly make the kids happy and, and certainly do what they can. But but now I'm not in the locker room. We're not in the locker room. But what kind of relationships did Sean Gleason have with these kids? I would imagine pretty positive. So I think that's a con as well. That's really hard when you're making decisions like that in the middle of the season. These kids already have enough to deal with. So I think that's hard. So whether you agree or disagree with the decision, um, my personal opinion, I've stated it, I don't necessarily agree I, um, because I think Sean Gleason, with his resume, as I said before, uh, probably earned the right to try to fix it. Uh, but, you know, I am a fan of the Campanelli family. I'm in, I am excited to see what Nunzio can get done with this team. Uh, they've got a bye week before they play Indiana. Very winnable game. Let's see what he can do. Maybe Noah Vedro gets back and we have our starting quarterback. And we're good to go. So we'll see. That's the the state of Rutgers football. Not really sure how I feel about it. You know, the business of college football is a tough one. But it is what it is. So now, turning the page to something I'm really excited about. Uh, we are going to be talking about Princeton football on this show going forward because your boy, that's right, yours truly, um, is a color analyst for Princeton Football Radio and uh, super thankful to the folks over there for giving me the opportunity. Did my first game uh, against Lehigh a few weeks ago and I will be doing two more games next Friday against Harvard and then November 12th uh, against Yale. So super excited to be talking about Princeton. This is a team that is really exciting to watch in the Ivy League. They play fast. They play a lot of guys. They've got NFL guys every year. I mean, the wide receiver, Andre Yosivash, was an All-American in track and field, and he's a beast receiver. He's getting NFL looks. Uh, the quarterback, uh, Blake Stenstrom, first transfer to ever transfer to Princeton from the uh, University of Colorado Boulder. Uh, I believe he's the first transfer since Jason Garrett uh, transferred uh, to Princeton. But then I did some like research on that, and it was like Jason Garrett started at Princeton, and then he transferred to Columbia because his dad became the head coach, and then he transferred back or something. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to do some more research on that story. I don't really know exactly what it is, but like it's really hard to transfer to Princeton from a Power 5 school. You don't really see that. So this Stedstrom kid, he's got it. Um, he looks pretty good. Um, I've been encouraged with what I've been seeing. Uh, I love the running back. I love the – oh, excuse me. I love Princeton's running backs. They've got an awesome stable of running backs. Super fun to watch. Defensively, they play a lot of guys. They play fast. They play physical. You know, Princeton's been getting it done and putting guys in the NFL for a long time. I mean – they, they've won probably three Ivy championships in the last 10 years, and they've put a lot of guys in the league. It's They're a fun program to follow. They're a fun program to watch. The game was really exciting last time I did it, so looking forward to doing Princeton-Harvard next Friday night. Um, I believe that's typically a game that is for first place in the Ivy League. Uh, usually the top three in the Ivy League are Princeton, Harvard, Dartmouth. Uh, Penn was good a few years ago. Brown's always, you know, capable and 
Columbia's making a comeback. So and and Yale's always pretty good too. I mean, I I think what people you know don't realize about Ivy leagues in football is that, um, yeah, it's one double A, and their recruiting is a little different, but they get guys in the league pretty consistently, and th- because of the education and the opportunities that those schools provide. Um, you know, I would say every year, you know, those schools get a few kids who could go to power five schools. Um, so certainly you see the same differences as a typical FCS team from a power five team, but they've got dudes, man. Princeton's got dudes all over the field, um, especially offensively. So looking forward to doing their games and uh, we'll be talking uh, more Princeton football on this show. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. You're listening to the Bleed in the Garden State podcast presented by Bet Online. Hey, you made it to the end, or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan. You stay classy, Piscataway.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.